Hey guys, this is Dr. Evan Vandriel coming at you from the beautiful desert in Arizona. My entire practice is dedicated to helping people become stronger by accessing more of their nervous system. By approaching the person's nervous system like a computer and the functions of their bodies like the user interface, we can figure out in real time what's going on at the body, mind, and soul levels. So my guest today is Dr. Nick Smose, a doctor of chiropractic. Uh, we grew up together actually across the street. Um, we used to have a great time biking around, um, just exploring the the prairies, um, just having a good time. And now we kind of went our own separate ways, but here we are back together again. Um, so yeah, what's going on? Uh, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Evan. Yeah. Uh, I think you also missed us playing hacky sack about oh, six, six times a week. My goodness. <laughs> we, we ripped it up, man. Yeah, absolutely. That was yeah, really had some pretty good moves back in the day. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over the back. Yeah, through the legs. But, yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so here we are. Um so yeah, um what does resilience mean to you? What do you like what do you what rings true when you hear that that word? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um you know, I think I look at resilience almost in the sense of adaptability, right? So I look at it as how are we able to overcome some of our challenges? Are we kind of flexible in our ways? Are we set in our ways? Are we able to meet our goals? Are we able to, you know, just kind of adapt to what's going on in our life, whether it's our business or our personal life? Um, I think to me, at least, it's more so about being open-minded instead of, you know, let's say egotistically driven or just kind of shut your mind down, just be more open and being able to, yeah, essentially adapt to what's going on. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Adaptability. Yeah. Cause sometimes some people run into a, an issue or a problem and they, they kind of just break down, they fall apart in some kind of way, right? Physically, yeah. whatever it is, but yeah, having, having uh, adaptability resilience, I think allows people to climb around that obstacle or just bust through it, whatever it is, however you want to say it. Yeah. So yeah. And, just having, and having the tools and the resources I find, right. And essentially I think equipping yourself with the tools and resources, you never know exactly, you know, what life's going to throw at you. And at the end of the day, I think you have kind of two ways you can deal with it. You can either let things overrule you or you can take control of the situation. Right. Yeah. Well said. So what, so speaking of which, what, what kind of tools do you use? What kind of, uh, they don't have to be necessarily physical tools, but, um, like what do you do to, to stay resilient or your talk to your patients about, about being resilient, adaptable? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is definitely mindset, right? It's, um, it's, priming our mind to be in the right state. Now, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but like 60 to 80% of our thoughts are negative thoughts. So one of the things I, I personally do every morning before I even get out of bed, as soon as my, my alarm goes off, I say to myself in my mind, okay, today's going to be a great day. Something unexpected is going to happen. Right. And I, and I really focus on positive affirmations priming my brain for positivity because yeah, 60 to 80% of our thoughts are negative, right? You're almost by default setting yourself up for disaster. So one of the big things I, I always do is I always start my, my day on a positive note, right? Whether it's, you know, saying, you know, I am a leader, I am a coach, I am, you know, X, Y, or Z. It's, it's just giving yourself again, some of those, those positive tools I find to, take control of your day instead of letting the day take control of you. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. I do the same. And I find that if I, if I start the momentum that way, I think momentum is a good way of thinking about it. Um, yeah. Like you said, if you, if you start off with these um, neutral, even slightly negative thoughts, those can snowball, right? Especially if you know, your things happen that um, reinforce those. So yeah. yeah, starting off on the right foot is a, is an excellent idea. And the, the morning is a good way. Like sleep mm -hmm. stops some of the momentum, right, from the previous day. So I think the morning is a is like a it's almost a magical time to be able to set that intention and absolutely. Uh, well, even at the at the end of the day too, right? Um, 
just being able to express gratitude for what happened in your day. That's another thing that I always do. You know, whether it's actually physically writing it down or just kind of speaking out loud, what are, you know, what are some great things that happened throughout my day? Because even the worst day that you might possibly have, there's always something grateful that, you know, came out of it, whether it is just waking up and having the ability to, you know, in my mind, get out of bed. Some people don't even have that privilege. Yeah. We take it for granted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, um, I think mindset, yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest things that I really try to focus on, um, not just personal, but you know, also for my practice and help teach my patients that, you know, what's going on in between your two years is it's a pretty big, pretty big deal and can have a really huge influence on, you know, all sorts of outcomes with your health. Oh, for sure. Well, so I thought we were going to talk about, I didn't know we'd get into the deep philosophical stuff right away. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, like we both work on the nervous system, right? And, Absolutely. Um, and if you, if you, I think if you start upstream, kind of like you're talking about, like with the, like the, some of the processing that's going on in the central nervous system, um, everything else downstream works better, you know, like, um, yeah. somebody's more parasympathetic and they're in the state where they're, and gratitude does, in my experience, um, increase parasympathetic nervous system tone. I mean, if you're freaked out about if you're going to make it through the day or not like that, or, or you're like, oh, this could happen or I could get in an accident or whatever it is, like that pushes you into this fight or flight mode. And that's, that just kind of, I mean, it's not necessarily bad to be able to get there because like you need to be able to get there, but it's just, it's catabolic, right? It causes the breakdown of tissues. It's, um, it's not sustainable. It's metabolically expensive. So if you can get into that parasympathetic state and, and, uh, and mindset is, yeah, it's the foundation. Like you yeah, said. Absolutely. And I mean, at the end of the day, right. We're as human beings, we're designed to, um, to thrive, not just survive. And you're absolutely right. You know, when you're constantly on edge and you're in that sympathetic state or you're always in that fight or flight mode, you're always going to just be surviving and getting through the day. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, you look at all different kinds of stress that happens in our life and it's not just the mental, emotional stress, but it's what are we doing physically? What are we chemically doing to our bodies that can cause all these repetitive stress behaviors that we see? Right. Yeah. And that's literally costing globally billions and billions of dollars in our healthcare industry. Yeah. If you want to zoom out, I mean, I think, uh, I think you're right. I mean, if there's one condition or state that's way more expensive than any other. I think it is this whole sympathetic dominance thing because it just trickles down into so many other metabolic and structural. Absolutely. That's the dysfunction. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about affirmations too. I don't know what you think about this, but I've played around with them a lot and um, it seems like sometimes people have, I guess with the way that I kind of see it, maybe it's, just the way that I look at it, I guess, is that um, when you think about something, whether it's the state of your health or um, your state of your finances or some kind of trait that you have or something like that, there's always the the presence of it and the absence of it. And so what I've seen is sometimes when people try to force an affirmation, like like they really don't feel well, but they say, I'm vibrant and healthy, sometimes it kind of works against them not kind of it. Sometimes it does, you know what I mean? Cause they're like, they are thinking about their health, but there's way more momentum and, uh, neural, you know, neural programming and just habit patterns in the nervous system that are saying, no, you're not healthy or experiences or people telling them that or whatever. I mean, it all adds up. Right. And then there's chemical stress or whatever. And, and maybe their, their left big toe hurts and it's all pointing towards, no, you're not healthy, but they're saying they're healthy. Right. Um, what do you, uh, yeah, what do you think about like that? But, well, sorry. I think at the yeah, no, I think at the end of the day, I think he, it just has to be authentic, right? You have to, mm -hmm. you just have to be true with yourself. Um, and yeah, you know, let's say you have, or it says you, I don't know, you have gout. Well, yeah, <laughs> how healthy are you if your body's kind of expressing those sort of symptoms, right? Um, yeah. Like for instance, with me, uh, one of the things I, when I wake up, first thing I say to myself is, okay, I am, I am a leader. 
I am a supporter. I am beautiful. I am right. Lovable. I am coachable. I am teachable. Right? I just tell myself all these, all these things um, because truly that's what I believe I am. Right. So I don't, you know, I don't try to be something I'm not. Um, and again, you know, it's just reinforcing those, those positive patterns in your mind. There's a, there's a gentleman, Dr. Joe Dispenza has incredible information about, um, right. Just the power of thought and especially visual visualization, right? If you can visualize something, how your brain actually perceives it to be true. Right. And you can actually create these, yeah, you can create these uh, physiological changes in your body as though the event or something has already happened. Right. Which is really, really neat. He's got tons and tons of, of uh, literature on that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, just it's being authentic with yourself, trying to know yourself. I mean, that's not an easy process. People spend years and years and years and, you know, hire life coaches to figure this kind of stuff out. And am I perfect? Well, no, but you know, I would say I, I I know who I am. (laughs) At least I think I do. (laughs) (laughs) No, you seem to have it pretty well. You're on the path at least, right? Or that's how I feel like I don't yeah. know if I'm there or ever I'm going to get there, but yeah, I feel like we're on the path. I think um, yeah, when you mentioned um, this whole visualiz- visualization thing, I think the more senses you can bring in to, um, to that kind of, that kind of process, um, the better. And, and if you can even bring in the emotion, I think it's even stronger. Like how, cause ultimately I think, I think a lot of people think they want things, but ultimately they don't really want those things. They've just conditioned, they've been conditioned to believe they want that thing because it'll give them a certain feeling. Mm-hmm. So I try to counsel people like, like, why do you want that new fancy car? Why do you want um, to, you know, have a vacation on the beach? Like what's really under, under underneath that, all that, like what's that feeling that you want to get out of that experience? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they can, they can get that feeling from something else that they already have within them. Or like you said, through some kind of visualization process, or if it's if it's like two weeks on the beach, like I don't know, I don't know about you, but I can't, I can only spend so much time on the beach drinking, you know, fruity drinks with umbrellas in them before I start to like <laughs> itch to do something else, right? So people think they want that vacation, but it's really just, I don't know, what is it, peace, uh, peace of mind, or like something like they they just don't have to plug into their environment all the time. Yeah. Like you can just meditate and get that same feeling, right? Yeah. Well, absolutely, and you know. You ask a lot of people like what they want and a lot of people can't answer that. Yeah, that's a good And and so I think if if you if you kinda wanna know what you what you want out of life, then you can use these, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy tools like visualization and and have a real significant benefit out of them. Right? Instead of saying, well, you know, I want this car because it's going to give me this kind of feeling, right? Well, maybe you can elicit those kind of feelings through some kind of, um, whether it is meditation or other kind of cognitive behavioral therapies like visualization or, you know, X, Y, and Z kind of thing. Yeah. Invariably people can. Yeah. If they dig, dig down deep enough into, into what it is. And I think ultimately if you, um, (laughs) if you dig down deep enough, really, it's, it's always something like, they want to, people want to feel loved. People want to feel um, like peace, secure. It's like really basic, you know, not that it's fundamental not, stuff, yeah. fundamental, basic, like good vibes. Want to feel. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Cool. What other, um, what other tools do you use? <laughs> well, um, it's yeah, been, so, been in Winnipeg and, it's interesting to talk to people from another country because like we've, I don't know how much we've split in like technology or uh, you know, social politics or whatever it is, but I'm just curious, you know, <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Um, so like, what are some other things that I do? Like just to kind of, or things that you uh, recommend to your patients or like, what do you have handouts about? You know, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is, 
you know, even for myself, it's just keep learning, keep growing, keep pushing yourself, right? Uh, don't just go with the flow. Don't just become stagnant, but challenge yourself. Like, for instance, one of the things I, I always told myself going through all my education is like, oh, I want to learn how to play guitar. I want to learn how to play guitar. I finally did all my school and finished, started practicing and it was in practice for already three years, still never picked up a guitar. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finally did. And it was one of those things where it's, yeah, you know, I can sit down, I can play for a couple hours, but I'm challenged myself. I'm learning new things. I'm, I'm pushing myself thinking, Oh, Hey, I don't know if I can play that song. Well, let's try it out and see, you know, see kind of where we can go with that. So that's one of the things I always, challenge my patients with is or I should I say I always ask my patients what is your health challenge this week like what are you going to do different this week from last how are you going to push yourself a little bit more what are you going to do that's different right whether it is some mindset stuff or maybe you're going to do you know let's say a high intensity workout at the gym compared to just kind of you know running on on the treadmill as normal Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's just challenging yourself in, in different ways. Um, you know, even myself, one of the things I've, I've been doing is working at getting, reading a book a month. I've been horrible for, you know, just picking up some, some books and just reading. It's <laughs> so easy just to get caught up in all the technology and stuff. Right. But I, I challenge myself, okay, let's do a book a month at least. Right. And then it's a piece of cake, it's a piece of cake, but it's just finding that support. It's finding that uh, motivation, kind of digging down deep and, you know, just kind of understanding your why, I guess. Right? Well, you brought up a lot of interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if somebody doesn't have a reason to push themselves or challenge themselves, that can be, that can be a dangerous, uh, no, I don't want to say dangerous, but, uh, well, I think ultimately dangerous kind of state, yeah. Um, because if you're not growing, you're dying and that sounds extreme too, but, um, neurologically it's true. I mean, neurons need stimulation in order to yeah. work, right? I mean, they need sugar and oxygen too, but like they need to be like fired. They need, yeah. <laughs> they need some action going. So yeah, no, I think that's, <laughs> yeah. Challenging yourself, but there's something really uncomfortable about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like picking up something that you, that you know, have no idea how to do it. And then there's like this, there's this crunch phase where you, like, you know, you can't do it. You go, you know how you go through those stages of, um, yeah, like, it's kind of the, the human growth, human growth phase or, well, I should say human growth. Phase. It's kind of the, the growth, you know, chart, if you will, is that, you know, we have this, this comfort zone that we always like to be in, right? Why would I want to step outside this comfort, comfort zone, you yeah. know, but as soon as you, you kind of go through all these layers, you know, you go from your comfort zone to your, you know, you go into this fear zone of, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. Or people might judge me for this kind of thing. And then you start entering into, okay, well now I'm starting to acquire some new skills. Right. And now I can challenge myself in a healthy way and start to grow and develop as a human being. Mm-hmm. And then you can reach this kind of, you know, this outer layer, if you will, where this is where, you know, you hit new goals, you're exceeding, you're developing these new skills and you're really thriving instead of just kind of staying in this little bubble in your comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think, um, you know, the, the story of the Hobbit, right? Like one of the, this is, I like to tell this story, or not tell the story cause it's a long story, but, um, I think it's a good metaphor for, for challenging yourself. So like hobbits really like to hang out in their little holes dug in the side of mountains and like love to eat and drink and like be merry and whatever. And then one day the wizard comes to the hobbit's house and he's like, he challenges him to, to go and like find this dragon's gold. I think this is a great metaphor because usually the things that we really badly don't want to do, things that scare the living daylights out of us, that's, those are the things that we absolutely need to do because the dragon, right? Like, like, the stuff that we most need is where we least want to look. So, exactly. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree more. You know, whatever you're resisting, that's what you have to do the most. Yeah. And I think it's um, another thing that I use in my practice is, um, is shadow work. Like Freud had a, one of his students was named Carl Jung 
And these guys really developed the idea of, um, I don't think they get enough credit, or Freud at least, um, for this idea of the subconscious mind. And I know tons of people are talking about it now, like Joe Dispenza is a good, um, a good example for sure. But um, yeah, the things that we really like resent about other people, again, these are things that we really badly don't want to see about ourselves. And we've almost like psychologically fragmented ourselves, like cut ourselves off from that part or potential to be that way, like to be angry or to be uh, artistic or whatever it is. And so, um, so again, like I think in that way, negative emotion or like if somebody does something and you really resent them for it, um, like they're having too much fun or whatever, that might be a sign that you need to look at the part of yourself that, doesn't want to have fun or learn that it wasn't okay to have fun. Yeah. So there is, there is like light in the dark. It, it's, um, yeah, it's a very interesting, very interesting topic. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not, it's never comfortable. That's the thing. But I think, like you said, I mean, like even high intensity interval training, that's, that sucks, man. Like I don't like, <laughs> I can't count the number of times I've almost puked after like, putting in like an eight minute work. Yeah. Like, like, and it's, it's not, it's like a strain on the body, but when you expect, like it just, it ch- changes the way the nervous system works. Like it's yeah, um, adaptability, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, if you can do it and understand, like, it's not that discomfort isn't forever. I think, um, harnessing the power of that, those four A's into discomfort is a, is a, it's important. Yeah, I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it is that, just being, like you said, comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah, well, really, the is the only way you can, you know, truly grow. I think. So, uh, you know, that's kind of one of the things I always like to. I don't force my patients to do things that they don't want to do, but it, it's you know just having them understand that kind of mindset is that if you want to get from A to B to C, if all you're doing is the same thing, you know, A A A, well how do you expect to make the changes, whether it's, you know, let's say with your mindset or the physical side of things, um, you, you just have to be willing to change because like that's life, right? Life is all about how you adapt to change that's going on in your environment, your physical environment, environment, but also your internal environment. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I like the words you used earlier, teachability and coachability. Like, if you already know everything, then there's no way you can change, right? Like, right. If, <laughs> maybe like this is the way the world is. There's, it can't be any other way. I mean, if you look at quantum physics at all, I mean, I'm not trying to sound smart or anything, but like we know way less about what's actually going in our, on in our physical environment. And it's way more changeable and mutable and <clears throat> way yeah. less solid than we think it is. Mm-hmm. So um, I think you're right. I think being open to new possibilities and, listening to people when they talk or picking up a book and stretching your mind a bit, I think is generally a good. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a awesome quote and I can't remember who it's by, uh, but it goes something like the mind is like a parachute. It doesn't work if it isn't open. (laughs) And uh, I can't, I can't remember who, who says that, but um, I thought it was a brilliant quote and I think it's, you know, you have to just be willing to learn whether it's from whoever, just keeping an open mind and always being curious because yeah, if you're stuck in your ways and you know, it's, it's easy to say, Nope, I don't believe this or this isn't congruent with me or, you know, whatever the case is. I think if you just keep an open mind and listen to different perspectives of things, yeah, you can really, you can really um, open up. A whole new world of, of information and perspectives with, with what's going on, right? Yeah, totally. One thing that um, has been interesting to me as I've done um, some of this work, and I've had I've hired a couple coaches, and I do uh, ac- like I have colleagues who use acupuncture techniques to clear out emotional stress and stuff. Like I have access to way more than I ever thought that I would have access to. Like just just thought wise, like just like we don't realize really that we have all these beliefs that just create our environment. Like we, it's a weird phenomenon, man. I don't know if you've experienced that, but say you have a belief and it's like a, like I only, I believe that I'm evil if I have too much money or whatever, like I'm just using an example, but like that'll just, that'll create a situation where you 
you just don't even have access to the thoughts, the opportunities, the whatever, the habits that are going to bring more money or whatever it is, or like love is another one. Like, um, like worthiness around relationships is, is something that I've worked on. So it's like, but yeah, if you have that, you, once you have that mind shift, then it's like things just like open up, like you said, and it's like, well, yeah. then you don't even know that I could think this way. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even, you know, this is a whole other topic, but um, just energy, right? So it's when you, when you talk about kind of, let's say you have some of these subconscious, if you will, thoughts, it, it's changing the energy levels within you and kind of what you're putting out, you know, to the universe, if you will or kind of a higher power or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but when you start to, for instance, express gratitude or you start to change your thought from, well, I don't deserve this to, I do deserve this, right? Then you're starting to open up your, you know, channel, if you will, to abundance and, and just more. And this is how you can really start to, this is how you can really start to make huge breakthroughs. I mean, again, there's people that dedicate their whole lives to studying these kind of things and helping people change those kind of mindsets because I keep coming back. The power of the mind is it's unreal. You know what, what the, uh, the mind believes as uh, Dr. Heidi Havoc says, says what the mind believes to be real becomes your reality. Right. So exactly. what, you, what you're telling yourself it's a pretty big deal. So yeah, the stories we tell ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now. um, It's about storytelling and shamanism and um, sometimes an awesome tool. I've I've given this to a couple of patients too is, um, is writing an autobiography Um, and not necessarily like the whole, just like the major events that come to mind, like writing them all down. And then writing, so first person and third person, sometimes people gain different insights or have a different perspective, hmm. like depending on how dissociated they were from the event or, or whatever it is. So they might have like described the same event differently, first mm-hmm. versus third person. But anyway, so the idea though is to, is to see if they can garner some insight as to whether there was a certain theme that was going on cer- during a certain time of their life, like a theme of um, say like, oh, like life sucks and then you die. Like there, that was the theme here. And then this, all this crap happened. Mm-hmm. My French or like, and then this time, this period, I had more gratitude and these things happened. And so they can kind of mm-hmm. make it more of a conscious, um, <laughs> they can see it more consciously as opposed to like, cause we're in our lives, right? We're, we're in these meat sacks and we got to like eat and sleep and stuff. Like it's hard to pull away from like the basic stuff in life and like fully examine this stuff sometimes. So, mm-hmm. I found that, yeah, the whole, like you said, the story, I, well, I guess I said story, but that's what I heard in what you're saying. <laughs> Our stories create, like recreate themselves over and over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just look at them and, and sometimes, and we have, we all have good stories. We all have bad stories, I think. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all, it's all gray really, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Um, this I like this question. What I don't know. I, I've never really known you to be a dark person, but if you ever had any dark, dark places, what has it taken for you in the past to get out of them? Like, what have you, what have you done to break that momentum? Um, you know, I think. Well, I I wouldn't say it. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had, been in some pretty nasty dark places before, but. I think the biggest thing for anybody who's, who does kind of go through those sort of things is is trying to have a support system, right? Um, for me, I've been so grateful to be with my partner for almost 16 years now. And she's really been my kind of my rock this entire time. Right. And so when things definitely get, get hard, um, she's always been there for me and uh, always kind of helped remotivate me and try to get me to see things from a different perspective. So having a, a support system, I think is, you know, whether it's a partner or family or friends or even an actual support 
group. Something like that, I think, is is huge. But I think, you know, to be honest, I think I think understanding your why is a really big deal. Right? Is uh, you know, when when life does get hard and there's craziness going on, is being able to reflect back and say, okay, well, what's my why? Like, for instance, me, uh, you know, let's say things get a little crazy at work or in my life. Uh, it's stepping back. Okay, well, what's my why? What's my purpose? What am I doing here on this planet, right? Uh, and I think it's it's kind of one of those things where you can reflect and you can understand a little bit more. Um, it gives you a sense of the right actions to take, right? And it gives you your your how. If you know your why, then you can determine your how, if you will, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think, like, for instance, you know, <laughs> both of us going through all of our education that we did. Yeah. A lot of times <laughs> where you question, my gosh, why why am I doing why this? <laughs> why am I killing? Exactly. <laughs> the countless, countless, countless hours of putting in the work. Um, and you, you know, you have, sometimes you have self doubt and you got to step back. Okay. Well, why am I doing this again? Right. What's yeah. the purpose of me putting myself through the ringer every single day for hours and hours. Um, and again, when you know that why it's, it makes things a lot easier. For sure. I've had that with patients too. Like somebody comes in and they're sitting in front of me and I'm like, what, how this is, um, I, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Like, I've never, I've never seen anything like this. You've been to seven other doctors, like, and no one's been able to figure it out. Like what, but then you're right. I think if, if I ring it in and, um, and, uh, get back and be centered in who I am, um, it's way easier and way more fun to, to work from that kind of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause if, if you get caught up in the how, like what, what am I going to give this person? Um, am I going to adjust this versus this? Like what, uh, what process am I going to use? Um, you know, it, it, you can get lost in the weeds, but if you go back to why and like my, my main goal in practice really is just to help people be stronger. And a lot of times that's, that works out to be stronger neurologically mm-hmm. because I mean, if the nervous system is fried, then people just don't, they can't handle as much. Yeah. So whenever I bring it back to that, like, it's so funny, man. I don't know if you've experienced this too, but somebody comes in with like shoulder pain, the issue's never in the shoulder. It could be they're like inflamed from their gut. <laughs> it could be mm-hmm. that they had like, they've had like three or four whiplash accidents and it's really in their neck. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, so, and again, I I don't know, maybe I'm jumping off into the weeds here, but I feel like coming back to that why, like, what am I really here to do? What am I really, what's really my main goal here usually brings it we really, I can go get deeper when I, when I get into that kind of thinking versus problem focused. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree, agree with you more. It's just about looking at the, you know, the totality of what's going on. Mm. But yeah. I mean, it's the same purpose for me. It's, you know, my why is, well, I had a bunch of health issues growing up and, um, you know, I started with, chiropractic and I saw all the amazing changes that had really did a kind of a 180 with my health and I thought wow if if this is what chiropractic can do for me if this is what working with my spine and my nervous system can really do for my health I have to share this message I have to let people know and I think my purpose I think why I'm put on this planet is to help educate people about look, this is, this is what really health is. This is how your body's supposed to work, right? Just coasting through life, sickness, that's not how the human body is designed. The body is designed to constantly thrive, right? And I mean, we're designed to live beyond 100 years. And so, you know, there's lots of factors that, that come into, into place with this kind of stuff. But I always found it, it's my, it's my purpose, it's my mission to help educate people. You know, this is what the body's supposed to do. These are different tools and resources that we can help keep you healthy and not just kind of, you know, stuck in a rut and living your life in ill health or poor health. 
because I'm living proof of, you know, what the body can truly do. And it's, um, you know, if, if you kind of start to talk a little bit about the, the innate intelligence of the body or the body's inner wisdom or, you know, higher power, it's phenomenal, right? Most people don't understand that their bodies are able to self-heal and self-regulate. You know, when yeah. people think of the body, all they typically think about is, you know, bones and muscles. But I always tell people, you know, what's telling your heart to pump blood? What's telling your, your digestive system to create cells for your eyeballs, right? Yeah. You know, most people don't understand that their body, it, it's self-regulating. Mm -hmm. But also most people don't understand that the nerve system is what's controlling every single function in your body, your thoughts, your emotions, all your organs, every single muscle in your body is being controlled by this nerve system. And when you can really unleash, you know, the power of, of what the nerve system can do, then you really start to allow this inner intelligence or this innate intelligence to fully express itself. And, you know, how the body decides it wants to heal and repair itself, it'll do it. And for me, for instance, it was, it was absolutely day and night. And it's way more efficient than we can be. Like, imagine having to try to orchestrate all, all that yourself, right? Consciously, like talk about something to be grateful for. Absolutely. Pass out or go to sleep, however you want to call it at night. And you're not going to die because no one even worries about dying like overnight most people most of the time because they just know their bodies are going to do this but there's a disconnect i think you're right in um um in people's belief in their body's ability to just do what it needs to do on other levels like when it comes to i don't know blood sugar levels or what do people go to doctors for pain i guess um really i feel yeah if you just remove the obstacles um give the body what it needs it, it does all the rest of it itself yeah absolutely well, and that, I think that's the biggest challenge, right? Is that, especially in my profession, so many people come see us initially because they are in some sort of pain, right? Mm -hmm. But when you can educate people on, you know, well, your pain's there for a reason, more often than not, and really try to help people understand that, look, the body is absolutely incredible. The only reason it's you're kind of in that situation is because of, you know, X, Y, and Z, and maybe this is just the final straw that kind of, you know, oddly enough, broke the camel's back. Yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, it, once people understand and kind of have that, that light bulb literally go off and understand that their bodies are designed to be healthy and not express constant sickness or, you know, problems, then it clicks for people, right? And this yeah. is how you start to create this huge momentum shift in, in your communities and, you know, kind of just have the message spread about, you know, what health really is. Mm -hmm. well, one thing is like people and people know this they, deep down. It's like, it's a truth that can't, that's the thing about the truth. I mean, it's not always like comfortable or, or nice to, do you know the truth, but it, it persists though. And it lasts. And, when people speak it, it's, there's something like, you just know it, right. To hear it. So you okay. can't really refute like what, in my experience anyway, like everyone knows that the body does its own thing and it can heal, but there's just so much other conditioning on top of that, that, um, and like modern society, we have all this technology. It's almost like people believe in technology and, and that kind of thing more than, more than nature at some point, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I mean, like technology is amazing. It, it's, but it has that, this flip side, this dark side, um, where it's like, it breaks things down into like a mechanistic kind of, kind of way, but that's not really how nature works. It's not, it's no. not like there are these different biochemical pathways that are going on and we can like fine tune those with drugs or whatever, like stop this from happening or whatever. There's always a side effect because the body is just trying to work around that. Mm-hmm. It's doing what it's it doing. It's doing exactly what it needs to do. And I'm glad you brought up the idea of symptoms being like, a. I don't know if you said good, but the way you're talking about it sounded like symptoms are, they're, they're not necessarily bad because they're telling us that there's something else going on. Right. It's kind of like covering up the check en engine light in your car. That's what 
taking a drug for pain is. Yeah. And I'm not saying these things don't have a time and a place. I mean, it's awesome that we have all this pharmacological knowledge so that we can force things to work a certain way if we need to, like acutely. Um, it's just a, if we get stuck in that way of thinking, it can be, it can be detrimental, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I 100% agree. I know there's always a time and place for medicine. Um, it's absolutely life-saving, right? Uh, but yeah, when you get caught in, in that, that cycle or that system, it, it can be super detrimental to your health because i mean you have to look at it health is so dynamic right there's mm -hmm. so many moving parts to it and you can never just get to that point where it's hey i'm healthy no you're always constantly evolving you're always constantly you know trying to push yourself to that next level and come back it's all you're always adapting and just trying to get to that next point next point next point and keep pushing yourself right because that, that's Again, that's how you, the body's designed. It's designed to be pushed within certain limits um, to grow. Well, in the, I don't know if this stat is, um, is accurate or not, but I was talking to somebody and we were talking about Navy SEALs and um, for some reason, and they were saying that um, when Navy SEALs go through their, their training, they, they're really only like, when they think they're maxed out, when they think they're fully tapped out and their body doesn't have anything else to, left to give, they're really only at about 56% of their maximum, like, load. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I don't know, like, where that stat came from, but, like, it, it sounded true to me. It was like, yeah, I mean, how else does a mother, like, lift a car off of a boot? You know, like, she's tapping into something that's just not normally, she doesn't normally have access to. But, um, like, we're way more powerful than we believe mm -hmm. i think generally um we and we have we're stronger and more resilient than, than we give ourselves credit for yeah i would agree with that cool fun stuff <laughs> yeah what else is going on um what, what else is it, going on um i like this question too it's kind of fun what what's something that you know is true that almost nobody agrees with you about in your community or circle of friends or family? Yeah, you know, I, I think it probably just comes back to, um, comes back to kind of the innate intelligence, I think. Um, that, you know, that is definitely always gonna be true, is that just the body knows what it needs, what it needs to do, how it needs to do it, and when it needs to do it. Um, you know, there's a, there's a quote by Dr. B.J. Palmer, who's the developer of chiropractic, and he says, you never know how far-reaching something you may think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. Pretty powerful quote. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I don't know if people will agree or not agree with me, but um, I think everyone has this this purpose to be on this earth, um, to share things that the, they need to share during their lifetime. Um, like we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, just it's being open-minded, right? It's always being curious and willing to learn from other people. Um, whether your perspectives, you agree or disagree, it's just being open-minded and willing to accept, Hey, is this something I can use or not use in my life, right? But the quote of, uh, yeah, you never know how far reaching something you may think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. It's absolutely brilliant. And that's something I truly live, live by every day as a chiropractor. Is that something that I might just say, oh, you know, not think too much of it myself can be absolutely life-changing for one of my patients, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this, yeah. I mean, doctor means teacher, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. Like we're teaching, I guess we teach people in subtle ways sometimes, like if we're performing an adjustment or something, we're, we're encouraging the body to do, you know, something that it hasn't been doing for a while or whatever it is. But I think, yeah, like you said, one of the most powerful things we can do is educate people mm -hmm. and, um, and maybe shift their story a bit. Maybe, maybe they've been told, XYZ condition is incurable. You're gonna to have to take this med for the rest of your life or do this surgery or whatever it is. And um, 
but the thing is people know intuitively i think they know at some deeper level that that's not like that's one way of thinking about it maybe and i guess the more fear there is wrapped around it the more cultural momentum there is around a certain condition the harder it is to break that but i think everyone at at a fundamental level knows that that's that's bullshit excuse my french but like (laughs) not always it's not the full story and i'm not judging anyone who tells people stories like that like i know doctors have to give a diagnosis um i think a lot of times people are are, um, they're just like yeah this is my condition this is the way that i have to live and i feel like that's if you can shift that even like some people are more open than others and they they're really they're there because they they just need you to fill in a few details of their new story but some people are like yeah i've tried everything else like i'm just going to go to the witch doctor next or the you know i've had the orthopedic consult and they recommend surgery i'm going to try the chiropractor Mm -hmm. i can do you know and they're kind of like there's part of them that wants to believe that there's something else that that is true but um so yeah, if you and so yeah, kind of have to meet people where they're at, right? It's an interesting kind of thing. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. No, yeah. and I'm glad you, you kind of said that, right? You're right. Everyone has their their own story, and um, I think I think people, you know, kind of this is one of the questions you actually gave, um, but I think people do, in a sense, have to fail, right? So you and I we have to be people's biggest supporters, right? We have to be kind of their biggest cheerleaders, mm-hmm. but we can't do things for people, right? Yeah, we can yes. educate people. We can give people all the information on, you know, till we're blue in the face. But at the <laughs> end of the day, people have to make that decision for themselves. And in my opinion, I think it really does come back to understanding your why, right? Why do I, for instance, why do I want to, go to the chiropractor is it just to get out of pain or is it to actually improve the quality of my health right Mm -hmm. so many people are just accustomed or conditioned to this kind of quick gratification that you know i just want to get xyz done out of the way and aren't willing to put in the work to make changes right Mm -hmm. And so more often than not, you know, these are the kind of things you, you see people fail. So it's as chiropractor, as a naturopathic doctor, I think it's so important to just be able to be people's biggest cheerleaders, teach them, educate them, guide them throughout the process. And at the end of the day, just let them make decisions that they feel is best for, you know, their story, what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. But I think people have to be okay with failing once or twice um i mean i see it all the time in practice right it's again people expect something they expect kind of this this you know lack of better term kind of quick fix um and then more often than not you know without properly correcting the issue you see them who knows how long you know from their last appointment but um it's just giving people that opportunity to learn, I think, from their mistakes, right? Having them fail once or twice and then just accepting them with open arms and saying, okay, hey, I'm here for you. Let's, you know, let's do this thing. Yeah, I like that. I think that when I, when I, that really clicked in for me and I had a really, because in, in practice or in theory, it sounds nice, but if you can practically, no matter what somebody says to you, hold um hold their highest self their whole their highest good in your mind while you're working with them like no matter what they're saying no matter how much pain they say they're in you like if you don't sink to their level and like wallow in that with them i mean hearing people is i think is part of the medicine like somebody gets it out and they you know just sometimes that emotional catharsis is is part of like they don't have that anywhere else and they they can come to that with you Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's good, but I think sinking into into that the drama of that story, the pain of that story, I think um, that's not really helpful. So if you can hold, you can say, yeah, yeah, that's okay. I hear you. I'm here for you. Um, but there's this other way of doing things over here, and like, and if you could, and honestly, you don't really even have to, in my experience, have to say that to the to the patient, or even just to the person that you're interacting with, like the family member, the friend you can just like energetically hold that for them. 
um, that their highest self, their highest expression of who they are. And then it, it makes it way easier. It makes you, it makes you way more able to not, I guess, just get sucked into what they're, they're, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It, but it takes like, I don't know, it takes training the, to do that. I think or experience or I'm not trying to say it's, it has to be hard, but, um, but that's somebody once told me that that's how Jesus healed people is that no matter what was going on with them, he just, he had, he had such a good idea of who they really were. And he held that so well for them when he was in their presence that they, they went along, then they had better access to it because somebody was holding that space for them. So I don't know. I, I aspire to that. Um, cause I think under underlying, no matter what I do with somebody, if I'm not, you know, there with them and doing something like that, it's, it just doesn't work as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, yeah. That's interesting. Pretty neat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I feel gratitude to, to be able to do this kind of work and have absolutely. these conversations and yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's, of course there's many, many doctors around the world, but, um, yeah, the ability to help people and in, in the way that we get the, the ability to is definitely something to be grateful for um, because mm-hmm. we certainly are able to help people in, in a much different fashion, um, you know, and just get, get what they really want of a life and get the quality of life that they deserve to have. That concludes our show for today. If you liked what you heard, please check out trueresilienceims.com. That's True Resilience, I for integrative, M for medical, S for solutions, for more content and information about the practice. You can also download my free book, Neurological Strength, by heading to that URL. Also, please share this with somebody that you think could benefit from this discussion. This is Dr. E, and until next time, stay strong, people.